Hi, I'm Daniel Fuller from the Abundant Life Training Center, and welcome to our daily communion meditation, where today we're talking about praising who God is. Lately, we've been talking about the power of praise to turn situations, the power of praise to turn relationships that are struggling. We talked about in the Bible, the Bible gives us something very specific to praise, about praising God's name. So I was thinking about this, just the idea of praising God's name. And God's got a lot of names. We talked about all the different names of God the other day. He's got a lot of names. And I was thinking about this. And then the other day, I had a chance to meet up with a friend that I hadn't seen in a while. And recently, he and I both had gotten into doing some real estate stuff. And we were actually meeting, uh, having to do with a real estate deal that was happening. And he was telling me, he found out that I was doing real estate stuff. And someone said that they're going to be meeting with me. He said, oh, Daniel Foley, the, the fitness guy, the author, the blogger, he started listing all these different things that I do. And I started thinking about this. We put these names or labels or qualities on people to describe who they are as part of the name. And the, one of the coolest things, I think, is that the more that I've hung out with God in my life, he's adding names to me. I wasn't an author before I got started with him, entrepreneur, uh, working on inventions, doing other things. He's been adding names to me over time. It's an interesting concept. But we're going to be looking at today, just a time of gratitude and praise for who God is. As I was thinking about this, wait a minute, there's all these Bible verses that talk about who God is. He's good. He's great. He's love. He's life. Jesus is the way. He's the truth. He's the life. He's the door. He's the God of all grace and just praising who he is. We're going to be taking communion over that today. But why are we taking communion every day? About 10 years ago, I had pretty much no spiritual life whatsoever. I was doing life on my own without God, doing things my own way. But life wasn't going the way I wanted it to go. At the time, I was running my personal training business. And my business was very up and down. I was having some months where I'm losing thousands of dollars in a month. And I remember getting to the place of just going for a walk with my wife and telling her over and over, there's got to be a better way. There's got to be a better way to live. And it wasn't for a lack of seeking or searching, because I've been traveling all over the country, studying with some of the best health and fitness experts in the world, reading books, taking courses, going to seminars, and not just health and fitness, all other areas of life as well, relationships and finances and purpose and business, leadership. But I wasn't finding what I was looking for. And then one day I came across a challenge to start reading one chapter from the book of Proverbs every day. Proverbs has 31 chapters. So on day one of the month, you read Proverbs chapter one. Day two of the month, you read Proverbs chapter two. And then you keep going like that until the end of the month. And then you start back over again. After doing this for a little while, one morning, Proverbs 13, 22, just seemed to jump off the page at me. It says, a good man leaves an inheritance for his children's children. And that verse got me thinking, what's the most valuable thing we could pass on to future generations? And the Bible tells us that wisdom is the principal thing. So I made a commitment that day. I want to pass on manuals and lessons and teaching for all the different areas of life. Areas like purpose and health and family and finances. But when I got started, I had no clue where to start. So I began seeking after God, I began to totally immerse myself in the things of God. He began to teach me this new way of living. 
My relationship with him began to grow. He began to teach me and to train me, taught me this new way of living and making him the source, making him the center of everything. And over the course of about 10 years of just recording my journey, it's turned into this whole program we have now called the Abundant Life Blueprint with a series of books and courses and now partners. But out of everything we do in the Abundant Life Blueprint, I believe the most important thing is daily communion. Daily communion is what I call the number one table turner for all of life. Has the ability to turn things around and change the trajectory of our lives going forward. Jesus says, as often as you do this, remember me. It's an opportunity to remember his sacrifice and our covenant with God. Over and over in the Old Testament, God told the people, don't forget me. Don't forget me. And we'll see praising him today for who he is. Helps us to remember him as well. Communion helps us to abide in him so that our lives produce much fruit. The Apostle Paul says, every time you take communion, you're proclaiming the death of Jesus. Which in the case of a will or an inheritance, nothing happens until you prove the death. So in a way, communion is like an activation of all these benefits that are found in the new covenant. But it's also important we take it the right way. Every time we take communion, we take it with the fear of the Lord, with deep awe and honor and reverence for the sacrifice of Jesus. And I think it's important we remember both sides of the cross. On one side, we remember all that he suffered for us. But on the other side, we remember all that his sacrifice did for us, connecting us back to God, giving us this new covenant with him. So the process we typically use, we start with about a two minute long prayer. That's mostly scripture coming from Ephesians chapter one. And the prayer of Jabez found in 1 Chronicles chapter 4. And then we take a few minutes to examine ourselves. Because the Apostle Paul says some people are weak and sick. And they die early because they don't examine themselves before taking communion. And if communion has the power to do that in the negative. I believe it has the power to make us healthy and strong. And give us long life. If we take it the right way. And then after our time of communion we've been talking about some practical Physical workout tips and advice, because I truly believe physical exercise is meant to teach us how to exercise our faith. So let's get started with our prayer. Heavenly Father, I pray for all those who are watching or listening, their families, all those connected to them, and our church and governmental leaders. I thank you for releasing us from darkness and transferring us into the light, into the kingdom of your dear son. Thank you for your purpose and grace given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. Thank you that Jesus was smitten for us so that you could fight for us. And I keep asking that you, the Father of glory, would give us the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that we would know you better. That the eyes of our hearts would be enlightened to know the hope to which you've called us and the riches of your glorious inheritance that is in us and the immeasurable greatness of your power to us who believe, the same power that you exercised in Christ when you raised him from the dead and seated him at your right hand in heavenly places. Far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And you put all things under his feet and made him to be the head of the body, the fullness of him, who fills all in all. And Father, I ask you to bless us, to make your face shine upon us and let us find grace and favor in your eyes. Expand our borders and our territory. 
expand our capacity to receive your purpose and grace, your love and your goodness, and to let it flow through us so that we do good and are a blessing to people all over the world. Send us opportunities to do good and be a blessing today and help us be sensitive to those opportunities. Keep your hand on us and help us do today what's right and best in your eyes and do it with peace and joy and confidence in you. And we ask you to stretch out your hand to heal and do signs and wonders and keep us from evil and pain. Through the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. All right, we're going to go through the other half of prayer. This is our time to examine ourselves. Are we making today a masterpiece? And how are we going to do that? We're going to get connected to the master. We're going to bring our relationship with God down into today. And masters of anything are simply masters of the fundamentals. That's where we talk about executing these four fundamentals and bringing some presence and some fun and some energy into them today. But before we go through the fundamentals, let's remember God's got a process. When he took the people from Egypt to the promised land, to the promises or the inheritance that he had for them in the Bible, there was a process he took them through. They had to learn to put off their old ways and learn to do things God's way, to learn to do things in a new way. And very simply, I think it takes us believing God's got something better for our life, better than we can ever ask or think or dream or imagine, but we got to make him the source of it. we got to stop looking to what we can do in our own strength and start looking to what he can do. And learning how to rest and to trust in him, being willing to move forward with his plan for our life. And allowing him to do the work, allowing him to beautify our lives, to bring us into these promises that he has. So our first fundamental, let's get positioned in the light today. Every day we've got to keep repositioning back into the light. How are we going to do it? We're going to start with humility. Jesus says, you want to become great in the kingdom of heaven? you got to humble yourself like this little child. Simple childlike faith and belief, humbling ourselves in relationship to God, humbling ourselves in relationship to other people. And we're going to get positioned in forgiveness today. We're going to receive forgiveness from God. We're going to forgive ourselves. We're going to walk in grace and forgiveness with other people. We're going to take our position in love today, kind and patient and gentle, always assuming the best, keeping no record of wrongs. Delighting in the truth, always hoping, always trusting, always persevering, because love never fails. And we're going to take our position in gratitude and praise today. One of the greatest expressions of faith, and it's one of the easiest ways to stay in gratitude and praise, to stay in position. And being in position is a big deal, because it puts us in position to be able to receive everything that God has for us. Imagine a quarterback and a receiver. The quarterback throws the pass, but the receiver runs the wrong direction. He's out of position to receive. When we step into the light, we're stepping into Christ. And God has taken everything that he has and he put it in him. And this day today, we have access to his spirit and power and presence, his love and peace and joy, his mind and wisdom. There's health and energy, purpose and grace. We've got fellowship with God and people in the light. There's time and resources, finances. It's all available to be received. But we've got to learn how to get in position to receive and then to get it flowing through us. Out into the world where we see the fruit or the result of it in our life. So our first step is to get in position. Our second step is to magnify the light. We're going to turn up the brightness of this light within us. 
And it's going to expand the capacity so that God can flow more of all these good things through us. It's also going to get this new covenant rooted and established in our hearts in love so that we become more fixed and consistent. And to magnify the light, it's all about what we focus on. We've been talking about the example of two baskets on a balancing scale. One basket full of the issues and problems and testings of life. The other basket full of our praise. And today we're talking about praising his name, praising God for who he is. Which basket are we going to put our focus on? Which basket are we going to fill up with our words and our thoughts and our attention throughout the day? You can think of it as meditation would be another way. So to magnify the light, we can magnify who God is. We can magnify his word, his unfailing love and faithfulness in the names of God, the righteousness that we have in Christ, every good thing that he put within us, all the things that are going well, all that God has already done in our lives, because what he started, he's going to finish. Now, this is not denying that there's issues or problems, simply choosing not to magnify them. Simply choosing to focus on filling up that basket of praise for who God is, what he's done, what he's doing, and that nothing's impossible with him. Because we rest and we trust in him that he can solve those problems a whole lot better than we can. But he does give us a choice. We could choose not to do any of this. We could stay stuck in pride and rebellion, insisting on our own way, bitterness, unforgiveness, and then focusing on those problems, venting, complaining, pouting. Toiling away in our mind, trying to figure it all out. Rather than resting and trusting in him. And wherever we're positioned, whatever we're magnifying, it's going to produce some symptoms in our life. When we're out of position, we might find ourselves retaliating at people, snapping at people, withholding good things that we know to do. We might avoid people. We might give them the silent treatment and a lack of fellowship. We lose that fellowship with God and people when we get out of the light. On the inside, you're going to have this heaviness and weight and pressure, like it's all sitting on you. You might have feelings of hopelessness or helplessness, like it's never going to get better. And all that weight and pressure on the inside just drains all the energy right out of you. Emotionally, there's the fear and stress and worry. We're toiling away in our mind. We're dreading things in the future, envisioning all these worst-case scenarios. And unfortunately, this can become a pattern. This can become a habit. Where we get stuck in these loops that seem to keep repeating over and over again. But when we take our position in the light, there's rest in our soul. There's this fullness and completeness in him. We've got fellowship with God, fellowship with people. And when we rest, God goes to work. And now everything is free and easy and effortless. It just all begins to flow. His peace and joy and love and spirit and power, mind and wisdom, it all just begins to flow. And now all of a sudden, we've got hope in any and every situation because we've got God with us. And if all this weren't enough, God gives us this amazing gift of grace that if we ever get off track, it just takes a moment to turn it right back around, get back in the light again. How do we do it? I think it starts with humility. Father, I've missed it right now. We recognize those symptoms and we bring them to God. Father, I've missed it. Forgive me. We receive that forgiveness from him. We've got to forgive ourselves in the middle. We forgive others if we need to say we're sorry. We reconcile with others. Get back into fellowship with God and people. Start praising and magnifying him. And then I like to pray this very simple prayer. Father, thank you that what you put within me, 
is more than enough, that you are more than enough to help me handle whatever's coming at me today in a beautiful, graceful way. Help me tap into it and see it flowing in my life at a greater level today. You go through that simple process, everything just begins to flow again. And then a third fundamental, we've got to stay tuned in today. Every day, God's trying to teach us and navigate us throughout the day. And lately, we've talked about whatever we begin to magnify him, it also begins to amplify his voice, where we begin to hear from him more clearly. And my favorite way to stay tuned into him was with a journal before bed. And lately, we've talked about installing what we call some filters at the top of our journal. These are just short phrases, maybe one word, a short statement that we keep rewriting every day in our journals as a way to just reinforce God's standards for our life, keep them top of mind. It might look something like the following. God is working continually for my good, and I'm going to do continually good for others. And that short phrase just helps us to navigate us throughout the day. And then I like to start my journal with gratitude and praise to give it imposition. And then to magnify what went well today. What are all the ways I saw God showing up today? Because the more we look for them, the more of them we're going to see. And then I like to ask this question. God, what were you trying to show me today? And just get still and listen and reflect back on the day. Whatever comes into my mind, just begin to write those things down. And then we've got to stay tuned in throughout the day because he's trying to navigate us throughout the day. If you ever feel like you're losing that connection with him, just take a couple minutes, slow down, get connected back to him. Think of it like plugging in a phone. You're going to get powered up in him again. And then our fourth fundamental, we've got to stick with what do we know to do today? The final thing I like to do in my journal is to plan out the upcoming day with God. And I've learned to stick with what do I know to do today? Because sometimes I was getting out ahead of him. I'm trying to toil away in my mind, trying to figure things out, trying to force things to happen. And the grace wasn't there. I was getting ahead of him. On the other side, sometimes I was procrastinating on things that I knew to do. It's easy to come up with all kinds of reasons not to take action on things that we know to do. So I've learned to stick with, what do I know to do today? And that becomes the plan for the day. And then we wake up like a kid on Christmas morning, excited for the day. Because this is the day that the Lord has made. I'm going to rejoice and be glad in it. And we remember this very important principle. That the first thing out of our mouth every morning sets the tone for the whole day. And as I began to learn about this, I began to seek God. What's the best thing for us to say? I felt like he was taking me back to Genesis chapter 1. The very first words we see God speak. Let there be light. So I've begun to start my days this way. The very first words out of my mouth every morning. Let there be light. And it's amazing how just such a simple little thing sets the tone for the whole day. Then we get connected with him. We start praising and magnifying him. And we start walking out that plan together in partnership with him today. And we get to that place of confident faith. His grace begins to surge through us. He begins to go to work. He begins to beautify our lives. And beauty is attractive and magnetic and just begins to pull more and more of everything God has for us into our life. So I was thinking about this. All these scriptures that tell us who God is, that describe God, that tell us who he is. And these are things that we can be praising him for every day because it helps us to know him better. So who, do, who does the Bible tell us God is? In the Psalms, it tells us over and over, God is great. He's a great king. Jesus is a great king. 
Jesus says, God is good. He's love. He's light. He's the God of all peace. He's the God of all grace. He's the God of all hope. He's the God of all comfort. He's faithful and merciful and compassionate, full of unfailing love. Some of the words to describe Jesus. Jesus is the way. He's the truth. He's the word made flesh. He's the life. He's the door. He's the gate. He's full of grace and truth. I think a good study for us to do, just be to go through the Bible and just to study, who is God? Who is Jesus? How is he described? What are all the names of him? How are we describe him? And praising him for who he is. I think is a great thing for us to spend our time on. So we're going to take communion over this today. Heavenly Father, we're so thankful for all these scriptures we have of who you are, who Jesus is. And we thank you for who you are. And we're asking for wisdom and understanding and revelation just to know you more and more of who you are. Because you are great and you are good, love and life. Full of grace and truth. And we're asking for your help to praise you in this way, the way you intended us to. And we thank you that on the night Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread and said, this is my body broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. I'm sure there's even more things that go on this list that I don't have on here. Probably could fill up many, many slides, but I think it'd be a good thing for us to study. Let's just take a moment to remember his sacrifice. God could have left us on our own, separated from him forever, but he chose out of his great love for us to send his one and only son. Jesus is willing to come and humble himself for us, even unto death on a cross, to be rejected and betrayed, spit on and mocked, hit, whipped, nailed to a cross, and the cup of God's wrath is poured onto his body. All of God's anger and frustration with humanity is poured onto the body of Jesus. He was crushed by God. He was destroyed by God. He became sin. He became a curse for us. But then he's raised back to life. He's victorious over death, and that same victorious power now lives on the inside of us. He makes us right and holy and perfect in God's sight. He gives us peace with God. All through his one sacrifice. So, Father, we thank you for this bread. And ask you to bless it in Jesus' name. If you have your bread, you can take your bread. Then after supper, Jesus took the cup. He said, this is the cup of the new covenant. In my blood, poured out for the forgiveness of sins for many. It's the forgiveness of sins that releases us from darkness, transfers us into the light. He cleanses us through his blood and gives us this new covenant. This blood sworn oath that God is with us. He's for us. He's working for our good. He's fighting for us. So, Father, we thank you for this cup.
and ask you to bless it in Jesus' name. If you have a juice, you can take a juice. All right. Health and fitness stuff. In our health and fitness, we need both consistency and variety. You need both to really make great progress. We need consistency, consistently showing up, executing on a consistent basis. But we also need some variety. Variety can often trigger new growth. It can wake up and activate things that were lying dormant. We need both. So one of the ways we begin to implement this in the workout, we've got a consistent daily workout. And the goal is first to get very consistent at that. Let's get consistent at that. Let's build that foundation of consistency first. And then once we have that, then we start to introduce variety. We take the same exact movements, but we can add different varieties of them. We can use different grips. We can use different foot positioning. We can use different body positions. All the same movements, just slight varieties to wake up different parts of the body. So we want to start with consistency first, and then let's add some variety from there. But ultimately, you want to have both. Now, the same thing is true in your nutrition. You want to have consistent meal plan, consistent rhythm with your nutrition, consistent food template. But we want to have a lot of variety within that template. We want to have both. But I hope this has been helpful for you today. If you'd like to learn more about partnering with us in the Abundant Life Blueprint, you go to the Abundant Life Training Center.com.